Well, hello, everyone. This is Jamie Winkle from RunningRestaurants.com. Get ready for a great session today because joining me is longtime successful restaurant operator Willie Deagle. With four concepts now, he's kicking butt and expanding all over the map. You may also know Willie as the former host of Food Network's Restaurant Stakeout, which is great. Willie, welcome. Thanks for joining me. No problem, Jamie. Anytime. Hey, listen, this is, I want to start at the beginning, Willie, because you have a great story to tell. How did you get into the business? What's kept you in it, and, and, and did you ever think it would go the way it has? Yeah, I mean, I started in the business, so there's three questions there, right, Jamie? I started in the business young. I first got into it as a bartender, and it was an old bar, and he had a little grill at the end of the bar, and then I started cooking, and I always cooked with my father. So I really watched the business operating, and then he came every night, the owner, and he owned some nightclubs, and he would come in with all these, like, gangster-style guys who all owned other nightclubs, and I would sit with them and serve them drinks, and they would close the bar at 4 o'clock and then I would serve them till 6 o'clock in the morning and I would pick their brains and they'd tell me about what's going on in the business. A year later, I took my own spot and started building my dream. Do you ever think it would add, add up to where you are today? Yes, I always had a dream. I was on a mission, basically, and I always looked at things and I said, everybody starts somewhere. This is America. Any brand had to start with somebody. And then what happens, these brands get bought up by big companies like, look at Quaker Oats. There once was that guy, that pilgrim on the jar, right? Uh, Heinz Ketchup, right? He had a mission. Every beer, every product that's American starts with one person with his commitment. He's handcrafting. He's living it. He's loving it. And he's dedicated to it. And he gets people to believe in it. That's what this country was built on. I love it. And I think I think that formula absolutely works way back and it works today. But when you think about restaurants, I think a lot has changed, right, in terms of how they operate over the years. If you were to think about what it takes to be a successful restaurateur, you know, today in 2016 going into 2017, what do you think? If I thought about it, I would never do it, <laughs> right, if I actually thought about it. Right. Sometimes it's better to be stupid. And then really not be so educated. And so you're not intimidating. You're just going and blazing your path and you're learning as you're going, right? Because this business today is very different than when I started. The government has over-regulated it. Every city and state has looking at it as a cash revenue stream. They're turning the Department of Health into like the FBI. The lawyers are attacking us. Our own employees are attacking us. So it's very different today. You know, hopefully with different leadership and a different mindset in America, and it's more about the entrepreneur, people will get back to respecting the person creating jobs and putting employees with talent to work, right? You know, a lot of people don't understand what it takes to invest a million dollars into a business, take this risk, take this vision, put it there, put your life on the line, and then take 60, 70 new people, create a job and a position for them, and see what they're good at, and then make it a winning project. That's, that, that's crazy. It's not easy, and it's harder than ever. But because the restaurant business today is one of the biggest employees, you know, employers in the country and has the most employees, it was looked upon and saying, ooh, how can we go after them? How can we attack it? How can we regulate it? How can we find ways of making money? How can we create city, state, governmental jobs and, and, and have people attacking it? You know, so it's very different today. 
Yeah, well, you hit on a lot of things right there, especially the crazy part. If you think about a restaurant or man, with all the moving parts, I think about it all the time. It's, it's, it's a wild thing. But then you just talked about the part about the creating jobs and the risk that goes into it. And that's the fascinating part that people get really attracted to. And then you've just, I mean, most recently talked about your most recent one. I believe in Atlanta. What is that process sure, yeah. like about giving birth and opening up a new restaurant? You've done it, you know, several times. You know, like, there's nothing better than that. You know, I love creating. I love designing. I love decorating. As an owner, I'm Operator, I'm involved in every aspect of it. I'm very different than most owner operators. I'm self taught, so I know how to cook. I design the menu. I create plates, and I look at everything as a visual experience. I, I design and decorate the restaurants, you know, uh, from their clothing line, you know what I mean? From how they're going to look. I look at everything. So I love that part. I love that creating part. Then where it gets tough is okay, you got to hire people. You gotta find the right people for your system. That's where the drama comes and that's where all the nonsense comes because that's the hardest part. Anyone could build a restaurant, anyone could build a store, anyone could come up with a brand, but how do you bring it to life? You bring it to life with the people that are going to greet every guest, going to answer every phone call, take every reservation, make every drink, cook every steak. So I have to break it down very simple. So if you can break the business down and simplify it for people, they're going to be able to execute and keep them focused today because people are distracted more than ever. So that's the mission, day in, day out. And I always talked about it on my show, you know, and I always say, you know, you're as good as your last meal served. It's entertainment for lunch. It's entertainment for dinner. It's show business. And you better be ready for the show. Customers don't like excuses. They don't care if you just opened. People are like, you know, they'll run the Yelp over anything. You just opened and you have 50 new people and you, it's your first week. They're ready to bash you. The negativity is out there. The platforms are everywhere. They want to be heard. They want to hate on you. They're not looking at like, oh, wow, you know, these poor people just got a job. They just started. Oh, he messed up a little bit. You don't hear that much. You're not going to hear that much. Those type people don't say anything. So the majority of the people who understand business and understand what you're going through and understand the risk involved, the investment, and that there's a learning curve and it takes time to build your business, they're not going to say anything. They don't go to Yelp. They don't go on the Internet. They'll come back, and they'll give you a second chance. The negative people are the ones that are first using this to do anything they can and come after you and maybe get a free meal and get a response out of you. It's no different. Like, I replied to things on Facebook. Someone said something negative about the restaurant. I replied to them, and then they're like, oh, you're attacking us. No, I just replied to you. I'm not attacking you. What are you doing? You're policing the Facebook? Yeah, I'm policing it. I want to see what people are saying. So I'm replying back to you. Right away, you want to make it a negative? It's laughable. No, I want to talk yeah. to you. I want to know what was wrong, and let me solve the problem. Let me fix it. I appreciate your input, but how come you left the store unhappy, but yet the manager did everything in his power, even comp your steak and took care of it, but yet you still came to Facebook or Yelp or anywhere, and you're bashing us? Meanwhile, you didn't even pay for dinner. <laughs> so, like, I know. It's, it's very it's, different it's, today. It's like, yeah, what you, more you, could have we done, you know? Right. You, you you hit on something. You said the attention span and the distracted qualities of people today. It's dramatically different. But you also hit on something early on there that I want to come back to for a second. You talked about people, and, and you know this because you know this. is They're the key people. When you're hiring people or when you're interviewing people, what are you trying to get at to see if they're going to work for you? 
Well, you know, when I interview people, I'm real. First of all, I want to know about your mother, your father, your family, your history. I want to know if you know who you are, right? Because I always looked at it and like, I know what I got from my mother. So my mother was the Irish, so I have the fight, the passion for my mother. She's a no-quit, positive, tough lady, right? She grew up in Hell's Kitchen during the Prohibition. I heard those stories my whole life, right? So she instilled work ethic in me. My father worked two jobs, woke up in the morning at 5 o'clock, came home 12.30. I used to fall asleep as a baby on the couch so he would pick me up, and that was my time with him. So my father's German, so the engineering in me. You know, I want to build things and do it right and make it last forever. That's instilled in me from him. He taught me how to work. He taught me how to save money. He taught me how to fix things and be a problem solver. And both my parents taught us never to take anything from anybody. Never have your hand out. Free means somebody's trying to take your soul. Don't take anything for free. Earn it. So I look at that. And that made me who I am today, and I use those different attributes to make me a successful entrepreneur. Am I always politically correct? No. Was my mother and father? No. Are we real? Yeah. Do I got a heart of gold? Yes. So when I sit with you, and I'm going to hire you and bring you on my team, okay, you come here, you rehearse, you watch my TV show, you do some Internet research. What kind of knowledge do you have? Do you know where you're coming to work? What do you want to do? Where do you see yourself in three years, four years, five years? Do you got a plan past tomorrow? Do you got a plan past you leaving here? Or are you someone who's blaming everybody you ever worked for and talk negative about them? Meanwhile, you skip jobs every six months. I'm looking for people that want a career, that want to come with me and go to war and take care of customers and execute and love what they do. I want to put the round holes in the round spots and make sure we build. Now, not everybody knows who they are. Not everybody knows what they're meant to do. But a good leader and a great motivator tries and sees and pushes your buttons and challenges you and see what you thrive at. And then if you're thriving at that, I'm going to say, okay, we can rally around this, and we're going to put you here. You're a great cleaner. You're a great gatherer. Maybe you're a better busboy than you are a front waiter. Front waiter needs a big personality. He needs to sell. He has to have confidence. He has to know the menu. He's got to memorize it. So, you know, there's different positions for everybody. Yeah, so that's if you right. really want to run your what, business, go ahead. I'm curious what you see when you when you do sit down and you and you dig with those people and in the hospitality space, are you getting folks that just blank out and they and then you just know they're not good and they bail out? Or are you getting people that really get it and they dig in and they and they just they, they, they want to understand the culture that you are that you that you have and and they want to be a part of that. You know, uh, you know, with the interviewing process, you have to weed it out. You have to look at their legacy, and you know, right there, you'll know if they have no energy. I don't like hiring people with low energy. This is the restaurant business. It's show business. If you're quiet and shy, how am I going to put you as a hostess, right? Can I break you out of it? Can I build your confidence up? Can I simplify this for you? Can I empower you to greet guests to love people? You know. So, you know, you look at everybody differently, but I tend to look. I want to hire. It's who I am, right? I'm a builder. I have vision. I want to put people to work. So I always want to hire and inspire. Now, the firing part is usually done by them. Right. And then I have to let you go because you don't care. You're not focused. You're not ready to dig in. You think the world owes you something. You think I owe you something. You know, you think you're entitled. 
You don't care about the customers. You're talking negatively. You're judging other people. You're a cancer in my restaurant. You're not a good team player. So even though I can interview as much as possible, people, you know, they put on a show, they tell you what you want to hear, they do their research, they come to you. But the minute I put you in a restaurant and I put you with peers and I communicate with my peers and they're testing you out and they're teaching you and they're taking you under their wing, they're going to weed you out too. If you're not the right fit, they're going to come back to me and give me reports on you. I like what you said. They fire themselves. You hire them, but that's right. The way they act, the way they carry themselves, they're gonna they're gonna keep themselves important. Or they're gonna fire themselves. Now, now you talked about building, and this is what I want to get to because you're you're in the multiple location, going all over the map phase of growth, and 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 a lot of operators feel that success of restaurant one or two, and they want to expand. How do you think about the challenges of running multiple restaurants? It's the hardest thing in the world. You have to depend on more people. You have to have, to have so much structure and organization. The accountability goes to the next level, right? You have to, you know, empower others to do your systems and your ways, and they got to care as much as you. So basically, you got to reward them. You got to incentivize them because if you just pay people and you think they're going to do it every day, they're slowly going to do less and less for the same amount of money and take the path of least resistance. And then they're going to tell you, "Oh, I forgot. How come? Oh, we still have to do that. I thought I didn't have to do it no more." And then you're blown away. It happens too to me. I mean, I'm doing this for years, and it happens to me in my stores. So, you know, I love to go back to basics. Every three months, I call it go back to basics. I look and touch and feel everything, you know. It never stops, man. It's a tough man. thing because you employ a lot of people, right? There's no robots here. You can have the greatest technology and software running things and giving you this information, but this business is run by people. You see today, people are building restaurants that started in San Francisco because the minimum wage going to $15. They're walking in the restaurants that are clear white, and there's not a person working. You don't see anyone cooking. You order from an iPad, and a window pops up, and your food comes out. And someone in the back cooked it and put it out there. Like, that's the future of this industry? That's crazy. To me, I, I love the interaction. Obviously, you're, you're, you're the old school, the hospitality fact. I mean, you, you, that comes through 100%. And you talk about systems and people. And I love the fact that you talked about going back to, back to basics because people forget where they are, what they're doing. And, and uh, you said even you, you. So you've been, on, you've been on this journey for a long time, and, and you've got to go back to basics. Now, talk about folks that are kind of new to the journey. They're thinking about opening a, a spot. They're a chef. They're a manager. They've been in the business a couple of years. Hey, it's time to put my own shingle on, on, on the door. I want to do it. I want to take a chance. What are a couple of tidbits you can share with that person and their part of their story? Well, I talk about the number one word is accountability, right? Then you have what you call discipline. You have to have discipline. You have to know numbers. You have to be able to break things down. You know, you got to know your food course. You got to know your beverage course. You got to know your employees course. Bottom line is you got to make money and not make believe, right? Then you have a brand. You have to ask what, where, and why. What are you selling? Where are you selling it? And why is anybody coming to buy it? Uh, so that, those simple three things are very important to people, right? So in your brand, in your concept, in your look, in your design, what, where, and why matters most. Now, if you're a chef and you're going to run the back of the house, who's going to run the front of the house for you? What's your forte? What's your positives? What's your negatives? See, I know my negatives and I know my positives. 
So with my negatives, I have to hire and surround myself with other people that have more patience than me. I don't have patience. I want everything now. There is no tomorrow. I want to turn over every rock I see. So I need people around me that can calm me down and realize, hey, you're a visionary. You're ahead of the curve. You've got to let everybody else catch up. Calm down, Willie. Right? So I always say you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, what are you bringing to the table? Okay, now what's missing? If you're going to go open this business, what's missing? And make sure you get these pieces in place so you can work together. Teamwork is number one. You need to have the right personalities working together. You've got to have a mission statement. Yeah, I mean, if folks, you just had Restaurant 101 right there. If folks were to go through that, what, two-minute dissertation and, and answer those questions for themselves, they're going to really get a hard look at the mirror as, as to whether it's a, they're the right person at the right time to, to do that. So so good, good, uh, quick tips there. And and, and, and this is interesting because you, you have a perspective from the, the TV side. So I want to ask you this. How do you think that increased attention of the TV, uh, TV and media has kind of changed the restaurant landscape and the way just people think about it? Well, I think, you know, if you look back at the Food Network, that's why I went to work for the Food Network. There was five other channels that wanted me to work with them, and I chose the Food Network because I felt that I would get on there and I would able to educate viewers that had dreams and aspirations to be in our industry. And then I wanted to show them how hard it really is. Now, you could have a son that's a talented chef and he could cook his ass off. So what? Does he know how to make money? Does he know how to run a restaurant? Does he know how to hire people? Does he know how to employ? You know, it's not easy. So you have one aspect. Sure, everybody wants their son's this great chef. Then you got somebody who wants to, he was a bartender like me. You know, he's a great bartender. He wants to open a bar. There's so many moving more parts to it. So you have all these angel investors that want to be in the business, and everyone's attracted. Why? Because eating out and drinking is sexy. It's like a Hollywood show. So people want to be in it. They want to be tied to it. It makes them feel special. It's like driving a fancy car. But how many restaurants go out of business? How many angel investors, friends and family, lose everything by investing in the loved ones they have? It's tough. You must be shocked at some of the things you see because you've run successful restaurants. And then when you go into a spot... And they're, like, telling you a story, and you're like, are you kidding me? You probably haven't yeah, used that phrase. Yeah. I've seen it, and it happens to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's always happening to me, too. Don't think it's not. Just because I'm good at what I do and I've been doing this for 30 years doesn't mean the people are not going to try and do the same thing. If you don't have boundaries and you don't have rules and regulations and you're not on everyone for everything, you know, in two weeks there'll be a disarray. That's what happens. So I've seen crazy things, of course, you know, and you see where basically, you know, if you looked on my show, you talked to everybody, well, we opened up here and we want everyone to be family. Everyone who works here is family. But then you got an owner, he has no management, he's never there, he just wants the family to print money for him. After a while, what do you think these people who aren't really family are like, this guy's not around, he really don't give a shit, why should I give a shit? Why am I making him so much money? I'm just going to take whatever I want, I'm out for myself. How quick could that happen? That's right, quick. Right? Real quick. 
Yeah. Now, one of the things that, that I wanted to ask you because I, I read this and I, want, I wanted to get your your take on it is this kind of attention to detail, and you've already hit on it because there's so many small things you got to do right. What do you think about when you think about the little things, the little aspects of the business that happen to happen consistently uh, that add up to success? Yeah, I mean, it's look, I'm a Virgo, so I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. I got OCD. So it's tons of little and little, little, little layers and layers and layers. And you got to have your opening side work. You have, you got to closing your side work. You got to have the back of the house. So you got to break up the apartment. You got to have your bar. You got to have your bar manager running your bartenders. Who's the best bartender? Who's going to hold everybody accountable? Who's going to keep that clean? Who's going to do inventory? Who's going to do department of health? So in this business, there's layers and layers and layers. And today, with all the new laws and rules and regulations, and they're changing them by the minute. You have to be a full-time lawyer. You have to add admin, your paperwork. When you hire somebody, you got to have a two-inch Bible. they got to sign off on everything. you got to worry about all these different things. So it's very different today. So you have to be as organized as possible. You have to employ the right people. You have to bring it in every day, simplify it, break it down, and, you know, Give it your best. That's all I can say is you want to be in this business, come in every day, give it your best, hire smart, hire hard, and, and try to build your dream. So a topical question for you. Country just elected new president last week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly the country was even evenly split, a little bit more divisive this time this time around. Mm-hmm. So what, what's your take for restaurants and looking towards a Trump presidency? Or, or, or do you think restaurant fortunes well, are more I, I mean, I know Donald. He eats in my restaurants. I have a location right down the block from him. So, you know, I mean, I look at Donald as a person who does create accountability. I know politically correct he didn't say some things, but he tried to make a lot of points of what the frustration a lot of people in America, you know, had. So he made those points. But if you talk with him and you see him and you really know who he is, he's a smart man. He's a great listener, right? So now he's going to sit down and he's going to put the right people in, in place and try to basically manage our money and have more accountability. So I think the country will go in the right direction, a better direction. You know, I miss my president talking on his TV and saying, hey, let's make America great again when you hear that word, but I want to hear where let's put people to work. This is the country that you can come to and build your dreams, right? And you can work your ass off and nobody can stop you from this mission, right? Instead of saying, let's give you this, let's give you that, let's take from this one, let's take from this one, and yet our money has no value. I always break it down very simple. I teach my kids. If you have $5 in your hand, and it's in your hand, it's worth $5. You spend that $5 wisely. You earn that $5. The minute the $5 goes off in taxes and goes to our government and city and state, how much is it worth to them? Is it worth the same $5? Are they going to spend it the same way you will? What do you think? I don't think so. I think it's worth five cents. That's what I believe. I have a a gentleman work for me in my Jack Shack, Amiri. He started off as prepping. He's from Afghanistan. He started off prepping. I taught him how to wash the dishes. He's moved up in five years where he runs Jack Shack. He makes over $50,000 a year. He's my working partner. He manages, runs the store. He now just bought a house in foreclosure, bringing his parents over, bought his brother here already. Brother wants to work for me, open up another Jack Shack. That amazes me. I love you know that. What I, That's what America was built on. 
Yeah, that's what I, I love that part of it because regardless of this president, that president, this person, that you need the mentality that you have and this and this gentleman has of hey man, I'm gonna take it, I'm gonna take my life and my situation, and I'm gonna grow it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna step forward and I'm well, gonna. But you haven't had it. We haven't had it. Uh, we've had people talking and looking at anyone successful in America and saying, wow, they must be a thief. What did they do? Oh, my God. Why do they got a fancy car? Why do they got a nice house? How did we all of a sudden become a country that looked at success, right, as a negative? Right. Right. I never right. looked at success as a negative. I looked at it like, wow, what did they do? What are they doing? Who's running that company? Everybody wants to count the CEO's money, right? I'm not saying, listen, some CEOs make, you know, unbelievable money, right? I'm not saying it's all fair out there. What I looked at is there should be like three minimum wage tiers. That's how I always look. If you're a publicly traded company, you should pay this minimum wage. If you're a company that's private, but you have revenues of, say, over $50 million a year and that, then you should have another minimum wage. If you're a small company and you're growing to employ people, you should be at this minimum wage. So everybody can grow. You could take that little guy and bring him up, and he aspires to be that $50 million a year company. Then the $50 million a year guy wants to become the publicly traded company, and everybody reaps throughout that growth stage, right? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've never never seen it spelled out like that. Interesting take. I like it. And, and, and you know what? I, I want to kind of ask you this real quick because you've probably been, been getting advice since uh, since you were a little kid in the business uh, from, from everybody up and down the street. What would you say is some of the best advice you've ever been given in terms of uh, running a business? Uh, basically, think big. You know, believe in yourself, right? Uh, basically, you know, everybody I ever met, you know, I take different things from different people. I never forget. From when I was a little kid and there was a successful guy who lived on my block, I was washing his Cadillac for $20 at 15 and waxing it, whatever I had to do. I always wanted to know how he got the Cadillac, what he did, how he started, what made him tick. So basically, so many people inspire me. You know, I look for the winner within. Right. Every day you got to wake up every day. You got to fight this fight. You got to take all this negative energy that's around you everywhere. All the doubters, all the haters. And you got to utilize that to fuel you. So I've learned so much from everybody. And the same thing that I preach in them, the true entrepreneurs stay positive. They stay positive. They believe in it. They never quit. They forge forward no matter what. If there's a boundary and there's a, somebody's putting something in front of you, you climb over it, you get around it, you figure it out. You don't accept failure. You don't make excuses. You lead by example. You outwork everyone, right? Yeah, think big, stay positive, keep working, keep your head down, don't give up. Uh, I love it. So I'll outwork anybody. Can... I don't care. I'll outwork anyone. That's as it. We, uh, I'm not the as smartest as, guy in the world, but I'll outwork you. Yeah, yeah, and that's how it's going to get done. As we start to wrap up, tell, tell me what's next for for Willie Deagle. What's, what else is coming down the pipe? 
Well, we're opening up another Uncle Jack's Meat House. We opened one in Duluth, Georgia, right on Sugarloaf Country Club. Beautiful place. It's like my grill concept. It's really an industrial old school place. Really great menu. And now it's boiling one in Astoria, Queens on Dittmar Boulevard. We've been delayed with permits. It was a tough location. But now we're forging full. We're going to be opening in April. We're looking to open up two more Jack Shacks in 2017 and then start franchising them, selling territories. So, you know, we've had some setbacks, some delays and different things, but we don't stop. I'm leading my army. I'm adding new people. I'm, you know, weeding out the week on a day-to-day basis. And we're forging forward. The brand is better than ever. It's stronger than ever. Uh, so, you know, I look at that and I always get excited. I'm always, uh, you know, happy and proud to have new people in the mission and employ more people and create more jobs. I love it. You know, I take great pride in that. Yeah, that's awesome, really. Yeah. And listen, thank you so much for being with me today. Before before no you go, uh, we'll put we'll put some links up on on the website for this for yep. sure. But but what are some of the folks that where, where where can they go? What's the best website to go find you uh, on the web these days? Well, I got WillieDeagle.com, and then we have the Uncle Jack Steakhouse. We have Uncle Jack's Meat House. We got Jack Shack. But we got WillieDeagle.com. I got my own Instagram. I have all the social media. Just look up Willie Deagle. There's only one of me. They broke the mold. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. This has been this has been awesome. This is great to talk with a guy that's doing it every day. Uh, hope hope our our listeners can take the these lessons that have been uh, fought in the trenches and and, and learn and, and can. Go I remember what I said. I, I, you know, you feed one customer, you make one drink, one steak at a time. Keep it simple. Stay focused and never lose your objective, which is taking care of every customer who chooses your brand day in and day out. Because that choice is one of the most important choices they make. They could choose anybody else in any other brand, but they're choosing you. Take pride in that. Absolutely, absolutely. Willie, good luck with everything as you continue to expand your operations. Uh, Folks, this has been Jamie Oikel from RunningRestaurants.com, along with Willie Deagle from Uncle Jack Steakhouse, as well as many others. Thank you so much for listening, and all the best for your restaurant business. All right. Have a great day, everybody.